Hey guys, and welcome to the newest episode of It's Shamira, Not Shamira, where you hear all the fun things that run through my mind. P.S. I am sorry in advance. Random talks that I have with friends and family, and anything else the universe decides to throw my way. Well, what are we waiting on? Let's get going. Yay! Hello. Alright, so found another media to record on because I just kept losing episodes, which was so frustrating. So hopefully this will be great. Um, where do I play catch up from? Um, I know. Alright, so a couple of weeks ago, around the time that I was going to upload the other episodes <laughs> because I knew I would have no time. Um, I wound up talking, yeah, let's start there. That's perfect. Cause that brings me to current times. Um, I spoke to a friend and we would talk about, we always talk about random shit. I love her. Um, I remember a few times she actually was, I don't even think she realized that she did it, but, um, when I moved back in with my parents, I got all like ashamed about it and weird about it. Um, why? I don't know. Cause you know, society tells you you're supposed to move out and do your own thing and blah, 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 which I'm like, okay, accomplished. But with, I'm from the Bay area. So working in the Bay area, you, it's hard to have a balance. And what I mean by balance is making enough that you can live on your own, but not just exist. That's the biggest thing. Like we just exist you know, and I'm all for working hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm that person that will work 18 hours a day, barely can stay awake to drive home, literally pull over, take a bunch of naps just so I can get home to sleep for literally a few hours, like four hours just to get up, shower very quickly, try to wolf some food down, kiss my kid and say, I love you. And I got to go and do this all over again. That is what I do however comma one is not healthy for your life two depending on what you do and where you do it it still isn't enough to live past the all right the bills are paid I got some money saved I want to do something oh I ain't got enough to do that though you know um so moving back home for me was one of those things of, I want to travel. I want my son to travel. I do not want him to be how I was by the time I was his age. The only things that I did was go to LA. And mm, I take that back. When I was 15, thanks to the dope teacher that I had, Miss Quinlan, love you, um, who got a grant together and sent a few of us to the East Coast, which was incredibly amazing. Um, get to travel without your parents on a whole nother side of the United States. Like what? That's awesome. And she was all about new experiences, period. That's how I tried sushi for the first time. Um, red bean ice cream when I was still eating dairy was my favorite. Um, 
So just having all of those new things that some people take for granted. And now it's so weird because my kid's been eating sushi since he had teeth. And he had four sets of teeth at four months old. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, but that, you know, so just trying to make his life different. I mean, that's our jobs, right? As parents, we literally are trying to make sure that our kids have it better than us. Good, bad, and different. That's just what we do. Um, so I didn't want my son having the, I've never really gone anywhere experiences that I had. When he was little, we went to Arizona, which, you know, at the time was pretty much the furthest he had ever been. Um, and so I moved back in and we did our first college tour um, last year. So he went to different places in the South. Um, I took him to meet. He has two living great grandmothers. Um, Apparently my alarms are going off. It's telling me to wake up, but obviously I'm already awake. So he has two living um, great grandmothers that... I absolutely adore. Well, one great-grandmother I absolutely adore. She was absolutely amazing. My grandmother, we have a very different relationship uh, nowadays, uh, which is a whole other topic for a whole other day. So we'll just, you know, slide past that. (laughs) Um, But in this talk, I remember feeling just kind of weird about moving back in with my parents and my friend looked at me and said I wish I could move back in with my parents her mom is gone um and she has two dads that I'll let her talk about that but they're not very active either so her telling me this was a reminder of at least you have parents not only that, I have family who have parents. However, there was lots of times in their lives where they couldn't go to their parents for something like this. Um, lots of friends that were in that boat. So it was one of those moments of, you know what, you are right. I have two parents that I love dearly. I can move back in and still help them while they're helping me. So it was great um, when I looked at it that way. And because of that, my son and I are able to take these trips and do these things. And I can focus on some of my other goals to to put me in a position to have it so that my parents can, you know, just chill out for a little bit and not think so hard on their own obligations to be able to help them better. Uh, And I had to look at that because not only is society telling you certain things, but I know people that do live with their families and they aren't, they don't, how can I, I'm trying to think of how to say it so that the message is conveyed the way I want it to be conveyed. They basically, they don't seize the opportunity. So, You got parents that you can live with, get there, save money, do whatever it is that your goals are. Um, 
And though I didn't save as much as I wanted, I do have money saved, but I finally got to a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to just live or exist. I want to live a life that I can look back on and go, you know what? I took as many opportunities as I could to do the things that I wanted to do. And I taught my son to go for it, which has been incredibly important to me. And that those little things that me and my friend had talked about, um, and her mom being gone. And one of those things that made me think of my dad who, you know, whether you agree with how we are, cause I do my, my son the same way is growing up. He's always taught me that life is not guaranteed. And I think it's, it, it's probably from his definitely from his life experiences I know because I move that thinking forward with my son because of my life experiences um for example growing up he was always telling me your um I can die tomorrow I will not be here for forever so I need you to learn how to stand on your own um there's a lot of people in my family that are not that way. Um, very heavily dependent on my grandmother who has helped baby a lot of people, um, in our family, which, you know, a lot, uh, some of them have grown out of it. Um, but I never had that crutch, if that makes sense. I couldn't, not that I couldn't, I just never did. My dad was just always, you know, if you want something, you go work. And I've always worked, whether I was you know, cleaning the neighbor's house, mowing lawns or babysitting, whatever it is. Like if I want something, I've always worked and I start receiving paychecks at 14. So, and I've never stopped. So I don't know how to not work again. I'm not saying person that will literally work for 18 hours and then go home and wake up and not even know how I'm able to keep pushing, but you just do. Cause if you ain't got no choice, you ain't got no choice. Right. So one of those things where, you know, you get going with life and you realize, hey, it's not guaranteed. So do what you have to and learn as much as you can so that you can teach it moving forward. My dad watched a lot of people around him pass away. I watched a lot of people around me pass away, which is why I tell my son this this life isn't guaranteed do whatever it is that you love. Don't go to college and do all these things that you think I'm going to love because it's not my life. It's yours and you have to live it, not me. And it was, again, just different conversations, like, just different talks that I've had with people. One guy whom I freaking adore, he just turned 30. Um, He was having a, a personal issue and I realized, because he had said something, he's, you know, he had never had anyone so close pass away. And he, at that time, he wasn't 30 yet. And I had to take a step back and go, wow, I'm incredibly sorry, not only for the loss that he was going through, but having that feeling of, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react to this because this is a new feeling. I, I've been to so many funerals in my life. I can't even keep count people that were close to me, people that were, and I mean, 
my whole life. People that I went to school with in middle school, I, freaking funerals in middle school. My son is going through that. You know, he's been not as not nearly as many, thank goodness, um, as I have. But I mean, he freshman year of high school, the the kid that he started you know playing football with didn't get to play freshman football with him because he was already gone. You know, so just things like that. I mean, uh, I have. He has, not only do I have family members my age that have already buried children his age or younger, and I mean my kid's age or younger, but, you know, I have family members that were way younger than him that lost one or t- both of their parents, you know? So it was one of those things where we teach them going forward, death is inevitable. Like, you, there's no no getting around it. All I can do is give you as much knowledge and as many tools as I possibly can. So when my dad gets sick um a little bit ago, we didn't know how it was going to go, good, bad, whatever it's going to be. It was this moment of I don't want to lose you, but thank you for giving me what you gave me. Um luckily he came home some oxygen, you know, on oxygen for a little bit on the men's, but at that moment I realized how important he was to other people. Um, one of my friends whose biological father isn't around, but he has dads vicariously through his friends. And he found out that my dad was in the hospital and was like, I'm coming. You can't tell me anything other than I'm coming. Um, so he seen my dad and we actually, that was the day he was coming home. Um, so he came straight to the house and just hung out with him for a little bit. Cause he's like, I got a lot of things going on in my life, but it You've always treated me with love and respect. My cousins, who they have their their biological fathers around, but my dad was very consistent and responsible, uh, responsibly irresponsible, I guess <laughs> you could say, um, but consistently there with love and discipline. So when this happens and we're like, what, what's going to happen to realize how important he was to everyone else is one of those moments of, I'm so glad and so proud that you're my dad with all of our differences. I mean, our house growing up was, I lived on one block for years of my life. I mean, from the time my mom was pregnant to the time we finally moved out of Oakland. Like, we lived on the same block. So, my grandmother lived in the same place, too. But by the time, uh, let's see, probably like I was eight-ish, the hoarding had, like, gotten, started to get out of control. So, uh, our house was the house that you go to, whether it was freaking uh saturday and the sun was up because my well it doesn't matter because my dad will barbecue no matter the weather um or thanksgiving or memorial day whatever it was a birthday everybody was just at our house Uh, my grandma had to when she was coming from most places she had to drive past our house so she would drive past our house pick up a plate go home um and at some point on my from my grandmother's kids all of her grandkids wound up living with us at some point in their life. And I mean all of them. Our house was, was just that house. It was consistent. 
nobody was you know getting picked up and moved around evictions foreclosures any of that it was our house is that um that came from my mom though she moved around a lot as a child with my grandmother um and and she did not want that for her kids at all so she was very consistent which was great because i have one of one of my closest male friends he's one of my best friends um I've known him since we were tiny and his, our families have known each other for forever because of that, living on that, that block for forever. But all of those things kind of, all of those things that my dad taught me when I was little, all of the talks that I've had with my friends go, you know, throughout different weeks and then him getting sick and everything kind of tying each other together. It was one of those moments of, geez, I guess the universe does know what it's doing. Because who would have thought that my friend's talk would have gotten me to a place where I feel good about, you know, being at home and having the experiences that I've been able to have. Or also my talks with her, having to help her finally deal with some things that she was going through. Um... Actually, interestingly enough, that talk helped remind me. My dad, who's been sober for, he's going to kill me. It's either 11 or 12 years. He just had an anniversary uh, in February, so I should totally know this, but (laughs) don't judge. Um, I remember growing up, we would have a lot of rocky moments. um, And every night, if I was going to bed first... He would kiss me and tell me he loved me and said, you never go to sleep angry because you never know if that person's going to wake up the next day. Again, just constant reminders of you, nobody's a vampire that I know of. So you got to make this, this thing count and you got to say what you mean to people while you can. So Or if he, you know, was passed out first, I would go and give him a kiss no matter how many arguments we had. But the things that we let get away from us, um, my adulthood, I learned to be, to be that person that held on to anger and I shouldn't have, you know, things that you, that I'm starting to get out of now, um, and get back to, you know, what, tell people how you feel because you never know. You never know if they're going to be out of your life. They could be living and out of your life or not living, you know. Um, And that talk with her was a reminder because she went a long time with anger from something else. Um, And I'm very thankful that I get to rectify all of my mistakes with the, the people that I need to rectify them with. Not everybody is worth rectifying them with, by the way, in my own opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, But going through this last about year and a half, the universe has been reminding me of little things like that in some way. I guess that's what this talk is really about. Just learning and growing. Because literally this last year and a half has been a circle of reminders of learning to communicate better and 
what I've learned with communicating is making sure that I'm speaking in a way that I'm heard and that the other person is receiving it. Um, there's been a lot of times in my life where I would just come off way harsh and you know, I get it. Some people don't have a filter and sometimes I still don't have a filter, but the best thing that I can do is make sure that I'm speaking in a way that someone is listening to me so that I feel heard and they feel heard when they convey what they need to convey back. Um, not always going to agree and that's okay. Uh, learning to accept things that I want to accept, learning to compromise, but learning to also not all compromises need to be had. And that's okay too. Sometimes people got to go their separate ways and that's fine. But learning to, to communicate so that you don't have loss of time. I think so much of our lives, the time is lost and we just, we don't understand how it got away from us. You know, whether we're working so crazy and we look up and we're like, Jesus, it's been a year. I've never taken a vacation. How do I have so much sick time and pay time off stacked up? Oh yeah. Cause I never do anything. Or, you know, you have an argument with someone and next thing you know, is three years later and you don't even remember what you were angry at and you don't talk about it. You don't fix it. And some people that's the end of their relationship. And they don't get always get a chance to fix it because life happens. Next thing you know, that person is gone and you don't know why you're even mad. And you are, find yourself at a funeral or something, crying your eyes out, you know, just wishing that you took that time to fix it. And learning who's important enough that it can be fixed and it should be fixed. But even if they're not important enough, can it be fixed? Should it be fixed? Even if you fix it and you go, I love you. And one person goes left and one person goes right. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do. We let our egos and our pain drive us. So take the time to tell people what you need to tell them, how you feel, and make sure to listen. I did to, I don't remember who I was talking to, but the, the talk was basically, well, this person did this and I don't know why they did this to me. And I had to go stop. Sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes they just have so much going on in their lives. They don't realize they're hurting you. They're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to get through their own shit. And you so busy taking it personal, thinking it's all about you, when really they don't even, you're not even on their meter at the time because they have so much on their plate they can't see anywhere else. So sometimes it means you may have to start the talk even if you weren't in the wrong. But that's just to help kind of bring someone out of what they're going through and say, hey, do you realize that this is what happened? Not even this is how you made me feel. This is just what happened. 
to kind of go, oh, you know what? I didn't. Let me explain to you what was going on with me during that time. But we've got to learn how to stop taking things personal. It is not always about us. It is not always about us. And to learn how to to listen and hear other people. And not what you think they're trying to say. I've been so guilty of that too. You tell me you didn't have attitude. And I'm like, but I know you did. And they're like, listen, I just told you clear as day. I did not have an attitude. I'm telling you this. And you still have the nerve to tell me that I'm lying about my own feelings. So being able to listen to what they're saying. Genuinely listening to someone. When they tell you what they're going through. How they're feeling. What their intentions were. Genuinely, sincerely hearing them and receiving it. When you learn how to not take things personal, the rest of that just kind of comes. Man, how freeing that is, you have no idea. Some of you may, but if you don't, man. So I guess I'll end this on that took a long way around to get to what I I guess my topic was which is what this podcast really is about for me kind of going through what's happened randomly and figuring out how it all connects and why the universe felt like I needed to see it or hear it or experience it and learning what the lesson is in it. I've said it before. I think so many times history is constantly repeating itself because we haven't learned the lesson from it. So learning to just be still for a moment, have time to yourself And kind of process all your words and your thoughts and dealings of the days, the hours, the weeks, whatever. So, thank you for listening. I definitely look forward to talking to you guys more. Um, Yeah. And with that, that's a wrap. I got so many other things to catch you guys up on. But... Thank you for taking the time out for now. Oh, thank you.